You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. Hi, this is actually Lois Hollow. I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner. I'm sitting in for Mary Woods today. Um, I actually work at Westbridge as uh, the nurse practitioner, as I said. I do a lot of holistic practice, uh, Reiki and meditation practice and all these other mind-body kinds of practices that are um, so important today for healing. And I'm so excited to have Stephen Halpern today. Um, I want to introduce him. He's an award-winning recording artist, a composer, producer, and he's been pioneering sound healing. His music has helped millions worldwide experience deeper relaxation, manage stress, has enhanced yoga, meditation, and massage, as well as pure listening pleasure. His 1975 debut album, Chakra Suite, created a quiet revolution and established Halpern as the founding father for a new uh, genre of contemporary instrumental and new age healing music. Stephen has produced landmark research exploring the connections between sound, consciousness, and healing and is the author of two books now, uh, Tuning the Human Instrument, that's from 1977, and Sound Health by Harper and Rowe, and that was in 1985. And this introduced the concept of sound healing to the mainstream audience. And for more information, you can go to his website, which is www.innerpeacemusic.com. So that's a little bit of an introduction. I also wanted to ask uh, Stephen if he could tell us about himself and what inspired you to pursue music therapy. Well, delighted to uh, get into it like that. I um, basically have followed my own uh, muse and the needs of my own being. Uh, Early on in my life, I uh, was really turned on by the process of improvisation. Uh, That meant I didn't come up through the classical music tradition, but I uh, got turned on to jazz and and playing music that I would hear in my head or that I could create myself rather than reading little black dots written on white paper by dead white European musicians. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was also coming of age in the the late 60s, so all the uh, ostensibly Eastern approaches to uh, spirituality and wellness, including meditation and yoga, uh, were things, and and the whole philosophy of uh, different perspectives on uh, on being still and and, uh, getting in touch with one's essence were very much a part of my uh, personal growth. And I also started having uh, some stress-related diseases. So by the time I got out west at the end of 1969, I was already starting to manifest some ill health mm-hmm. uh, from my studies in music and spirituality and psychology and biology. It seemed that, uh, what, let me put it this way, it, it would have made sense that the use of music would be a, a factor, just like it was ostensibly in the Bible when day when, when King David uh, when David soothed King Saul and then became a king himself and. Going back in time, uh, the studies in ancient and the, the mystery school and the healing school in ancient Greece with Pythagoras, and other stories were told of healing with music in Egypt. And I wondered why no one was working with that in the late 20th century when we had even more stress uh, than ever. Uh, so having nowhere to turn, and actually I looked at the field of music therapy, and I, I need to make a distinction that what I'm the field that I'm really in is sound healing mm-hmm. music therapy is a very specific uh, subgenre of that field they are the more politically organized and they get very upset if you call yourself a music therapist mm-hmm. if you haven't gone through that curriculum <clears throat> a lot of them do a lot of great work but when I went to them in 1970 with with this new music that I was composing uh, they said, well, you know, we can't use that because it's not done by a, a, a dead white European composer. And that seemed to be a little uh, uh, nonsensical, and 
many of the therapists have since, since come around, but there are a number of people, and you, you still read, read these headlines all the time, only classical music can be used for therapy, or only classical music is good for relaxation. And that's, that's basically a uh, nonsensical statement. Most classical music was not composed for healing or relaxation. And one of the keys that we understand is that the intention and the psychological and spiritual uh, state of being of the composer or the performer has a very strong effect on how the music will affect other people. So I began to research this. I was challenged by some of my graduate uh, uh, professors to do scientific biofeedback research, which was a big stress for someone who was trained as a psychologist. You ask questions. As a sociologist, you observe. And as a musician, you play. But doing research was not my, my main thing. I hired some researchers. We went into uh, the lab. We did, some, we did studies using biofeedback and the new music that, that I was uh, uh, composing, and the results were astounding. I actually had a, uh, one of the scientists say, this is no longer just your graduate high, you know, your thesis, your mm-hmm. graduate program. This is your life. You need to learn how to tell the world about this. And I said, I'm a graduate student. I have no money. I know nothing about business. <laughs> well, what am I supposed to do? And basically the answer was learn how to do it. And wow. that, uh, that was uh, a major change in my life. And over the years, starting from scratch and literally uh, hoisted up my own, my own bootstraps, started my own company because there was no one who, no major company was interested in, in uh, recording or, or marketing music that didn't have a beat, that didn't have words, that didn't sound like anything else. And I basically had no choice but to start my own company. I took my own albums to health food stores and some of the metaphysical bookstores in the mid-70s. And that's how I started really taking the, the, the blessings and the benefits of sound healing and what I call sound health out into the world uh, and about 10 years after that, 1985, when I was on book tour with my, my major book with Harp and Rose, Sound Health, I was in uh, Houston and was introduced to John Bradshaw right before he really exploded the national scene. And that was really my introduction to the whole field of recovery, uh, which I was pretty much unaware of up, up until that point and to the way that what I was looking at as a, uh, uh, a way to handle and manage my own stress level, to assist my own meditations, with, if, if we lost uh, some of the words that were used to describe, we would see that higher power, universe, God, there was a similarity in what we were uh, tapping into and our need to, to be still that was the common denominator for all of us. And it was uh, shortly thereafter that John invited me to be his musician in residence, and I got to uh, work many uh, of of the weekend workshops and uh, Friday night uh, major lectures around the country and really, really begin to learn how important it is to work that 11th step, even though I wasn't in a program per se because I didn't have a an alcoholic or, or drug abuse problem, but I, I saw the similarities with all so many other people who just had stress disorders or didn't even know that they were under as much stress as they were, which is where I came into it, until because I just thought it was normal that everybody had that much stress. I come from New York, and <laughs> that's what everybody dealt with. And it was listening to my body, having my body tell me, no, you need to learn to slow down. You need to learn to get into that place, as, as John and others have described it, place of being rather than always doing. I was a good type A person. I was always doing things. And the major transformation in my life came when I really understood the importance and the blessings and, and how good it felt to just slow down and tap into that be, to be still. And as, as we read in the Bible and so many other uh, traditions, to be still and know, to be still and make conscious contact with the source of, you know, the source of my being.
You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure, what's up? Um, there's this girl I kind of like. Well, if there's one thing I know, it's women. Really? Well, they didn't call me velvet for nothing. I don't get it. Smooth. I was smooth. Oh. Anyway, it's easy. You just got to impress her. Show her how strong you are. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? I don't know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt, if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, Ugh! Try it. Ugh! Ugh! <laughs> See, there you go. And you should dress up. Start wearing a shirt and tie. I'll look like a dork. No, you'll look successful. Okay. And finally, you can start using my cologne. <clears throat> the ladies love it, so don't be shy. Splash it on. Thanks, Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To find out how you can adopt, please visit our website at adoptuskids.org or call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Stephen, I have some questions for you. I just, oh, I don't know where to start. You've told me so many exciting um, jump-off points. Okay. Um, the, the one that I'm really dying to ask is, how can someone use your CDs to achieve relaxation? And that's, really, that, that's a great question because that, that really hits uh, the core of it. The great thing about music, which, which is actually a double-edged sword, is that music has so much more power over us than we uh, have been taught or generally understand but some of the most fundamental ones relate to the rhythm the, and what we do consciously when we follow melodies. But let me start first with rhythm. Part of the reason uh, that most music is not useful or an effective choice to relax with is that most music has a faster beat. Our heartbeats naturally entrain to the rhythm of an external stimulus, and our heart seeks to match the beat of most music. The, the tempo, the rhythm of most music is faster than a relaxed heartbeat. The reason relaxation is important is, as uh, Dr. Herbert Benson at Harvard proved uh, with the research on the relaxation effect, is that it's in a state of relaxation that so many process, physiological processes in the body work better relating to enhancing the immune system and uh, really uh, allowing the body to make most effective use of its own energy, but also it's in that state that uh, when you get relaxed, your brain waves slow down from the normal scattered beta rate of 13 to 39 cycles per second to the alpha rate of 8 to 12 cycles per second. So if you're listening to music that is slower, that automatically slows down your breathing, because you don't have a choice. This is part of the autonomic nervous system that slows down your brain waves, you don't really have to do anything. There is, no, there is no prescribed way of how to listen other than to be and to not be multitasking. There are some things that don't work very well. If you're multitasking, if you're trying to drive or watching TV and listening to music or skateboarding, that's not the time. You need to be sitting, typically, to, to most effectively uh, have this. You can have the music on in the background. You can listen to uh, with headphones. But you need to be present with the music. And with music like my own, which doesn't have a big melody factor, most times when we listen to music with melody, we're following the melody. And worse than that, we are projecting.
projecting into the future where the melody is going. And I say worse, not in general, because that's part of the, the beauty and the entertainment aspect of music. But when it comes to relaxation, if you're always projecting into the future, it's like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Your body is always experiencing tension. Your mind is hung up in the future, and you're not experiencing the gift of the present. So the, so the way to benefit from it is literally to play the music, even if you start with five minutes. It's five minutes that you take for yourself to honor and nurture yourself. You breathe in with the music very quickly as you listen to my music. Your breath will shift from its normal, uh, more rapid and more shallow breathing pattern into a deeper and more regular pattern. And the way our bodies are set up is when that happens, the, literally the blood that's ejected from the aorta in the heart goes up the spine into the brain and pulses the brain in a very coherent fashion. And all this works together to get you into a state that is very peaceful and, and uh, very beneficial. Now, one of the other bits of research that came out in the late 80s by Dr. Eugene Penniston, of the, uh, who's working at some of the VA medical hospitals, was that uh, in his uh, biofeedback research, he found that chronic alcoholics and children of alcoholics, and by uh, extrapolation, uh, other people dealing with substance abuse issues, often have lower levels of alpha brain waves. In other words, they're deficient in producing the brainwave activity that by definition is related to deep relaxation. So uh, his, his take on that was that individuals may turn to alcohol or other drugs as a way to achieve uh, the relaxation and the production of alpha uh, brainwave frequencies. Unfortunately, the problem with drink is that uh, it may enable you a little bit to get into that state, but it's a dysfunctional way to uh, get to that experience of transcendence and of, attunance, uh, of attunement and of inner peace. And, and, that's, and that's really the key. And it, uh, astoundingly, uh, through some of my uh, uh, colleagues, when Dr. Uh, Penniston, who was part of the VA uh, in the Army uh, system, Every time he would speak publicly about that, he was demoted. It was, it was as if people didn't want this information out there. Uh, as I mentioned when I was working with John Bradshaw, he was involved in, in many of the uh, residential treatment centers around the country and consulted, and people would take his work and work there. I was amazed at uh, how few rehab centers included brainwave training, yet the research was saying without brainwave training, uh, you're missing a major component of successful uh, therapy. Hmm. Wow. Well, I guess that we're doing something right because we use your music. Well, there you go. We, um, do you uh, recall when you did the collaboration with Dr. Emmett Miller? Oh, yes. Um, we give all of our participants coming into our program a copy of the Letting Go of Stress t tape. Oh, the that's CD. excellent. Mm -hmm. And it's fabulous. Um, I, I use it myself. And ah. I, I think it's wonderful. So we do try to help people learn to relax, and it is something you have to learn. Well, Lois, that is such an important point because most, I mean, where in the educational system, through grade school, through high school, even in college, are there classes that teach us to relax? Nowhere. Our culture was relaxation deficient. Yes. <laughs> and, and we wonder why so many people are messed up. Well, because we've been not given one of the most fundamental ways of knowing who we are and how to nurture who we are and how to keep ourselves feeling better. Just like if you don't eat enough protein or you eat too much sugar, you'll imbalance the chemistry in the body. Knowing how to relax changes the secretion of hormones and neurotransmitters in the body, and it's really part of what should be considered an owner's manual, that every kid in school learns to self it's not even self-medicate, but learn to orchestrate their own uh, state of beings because what could be more natural than breathing and taking a deep breath? But if we're never told that and all the things that we see on TV and everything we hear on radio keeps us out of that state, well, that's why we need to be taught that. And that's why I started producing, Dr. Miller started producing tapes and CDs to help people uh, 
deal with that deficiency in their educational upbringing and help them uh, live more balanced and uh, and happier lives. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm just so glad that you started doing all this. It's wonderful. And do you um, offer workshops at all? Over the last 30 years, I have, uh, and I used to travel uh, pretty much three or four weekends every month going to different cities, whether it be Phoenix, which is one of my, my favorite places to visit, or uh, New York or South Florida or the Pacific West, uh, working at uh, holistic health centers, some recovery centers, some yoga centers, and uh, or all the expos. Lately, uh, that even before the big uh, recession and economic downturn, there were less people showing up at uh, at events uh, around the country. So, uh, and that also, my body started telling me I could not physically travel that much anymore. And I have learned to pay attention to the wisdom of my body. Um, <laughs> when I don't, it it gets sick or you know, bad things happen. Mm-hmm. So it was. Um, I'll be, I'm doing more teaching now on the Internet through my website and only occasionally going back uh, on the road, or certainly much, much less. But over the years, it has given me such a wonderful perspective. And one of the main things, and I don't, uh, we may be able to get this in before the break, was uh, even though in, in, in the workshops I, I would share theories of sound healing and why certain things happen, one of the main things, Lois, that would happen is when I would mention stories about how else I got into this work by just noticing how certain sounds would make me stressed or irritable mm. and that some would even affect my digestion. Like when I was growing up at home, my father would make fun of me for saying uh, the sound of the refrigerator was hurting my stomach. And I had digestive problems for years. Uh, it wasn't until I moved away from home and didn't eat next to a refrigerator that my di- digestion cleared up. Wow. I also noticed that in other parts of my house, I could always hear and feel the rumble of a refrigerator. And other people would tell me, oh, this, you're crazy. You can't. You know, sound is invisible. How could it affect you? And in my workshops, I said, no, folks, there's at least 20% of the people who are very much more sensitive to sound than the let's say the majority, and because we get uh, we've had no uh, backup and no support for that, we are told something's the matter for us. And in my workshops, I can't tell you how many people said I thought something was the matter with me because that ticking clock made me crazy. And I say no, I have been known as like the Doctor Hook uh, or <laughs> Captain Hook uh, to who will take ticking clocks down out of treatment rooms and out of homes because that tick 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 is fighting the natural rhythm of your heart and creating stress in and of itself. And so many people never, uh, and, and this was another thing Bradshaw taught me, is that because of uh, the codependent nature of many people, they would not speak up and say, you know, that ticking clock is, is driving me crazy. Could we remove it? Would it be okay if we do that? Well, coming from New York and being who I was, I didn't know that I wasn't codependent. I just said, <laughs> that, that clock is driving me crazy. We need to move it. And I've learned over the years to be a little more diplomatic with that. Uh, but the point was that I would speak up. If, some, if one of my friends was playing music that was driving me up the wall in a car or at their home, I would ask them to change the station. This was even before I had my own uh, music uh, on CDs and tapes. And I found two different kinds of responses. People said, oh, I had no idea uh, that wasn't good for you. Of course I would change the music. And other people would say, no, I like that music. And I found out who my friends were who were supporting me and who weren't. And I never visited the people who weren't anymore. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's fascinating. It's, it's helpful to hear that because we have a lot of young men who come into our program and they listen to... I. Well, we'll get back to that when the... Um, when the break is over, I'll okay. tell you a little bit about that. It's um, fascinating. And there was actually a, a radio caller show in Phoenix 20 years ago that I'll, I'll reference also. Great. We'll get back to that then after this break. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family center recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. This is an important programming note from the Voice America Women's Channel. The Catherine Zox Show is moving. Our new address is Voice America, and we will be heard on Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern, starting Wednesday, November 19th. All of the archives will still be available through Catherine's Boombox Player. Remember, tune in to the Catherine Zox Show on Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern, beginning on Wednesday, November 19th, on Voice America's flagship Voice America Channel. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back. Um, we're really glad to have Stephen here and Stephen Halpern and uh, some more questions for you. Um, the one I really wanted to get more into was to talk more about how music affects individuals and how to educate, uh, you know, the young men that come into treatment. Um, they are listening to some hard rock and they say that they find it relaxing and it's really hard to educate them about how important soothing music is. That is such a great question. I, I believe, and, um, and some of my colleagues do also, that there may be a generational aspect here, that people like us who are from the, oh, speaking for myself, from the boomer gemer, uh, generation, grew up with music that is very different, in, in a sense, than the music today. So people who've grown up with a steady diet of hard rock or some of these very fast you know, techno and rave rhythms may literally have a, a different... Uh, biological response, a different nervous system on certain levels. But there are certain fundamental things that I believe hold hold true regardless. And one of these is that if you pay attention to your body, number one, you'll get a lot of information. That's one of the best ways. Number two, when people say that they think hard rock gets them relaxed, what they're basically doing is the same thing people did 35 years ago in my research, is that they don't know what the word relaxation means. Mm-hmm. That is that was the second biggest surprise of of my research when I was doing it. People thought that if they liked something, that was relaxing. And back then and, and today, people think that watching a football game is relaxing, going racing is is relaxing. No, that's whether it's entertainment or it's escapism. Relaxation relates to a specific uh, realm of physiological and mental characteristics. There is, uh, I'll, and the key book on this is Relaxation Response by Herbert Benson. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you were to monitor the heartbeat of those individuals and listen to uh, hard rock, they would typically, because hard rock is fast and it's a hard uh, beat, the heart is easily entrained to that rhythm. Dr. John Diamond also did music, uh, did research using muscle testing that showed that that kind of music typically weakens the muscle strength uh, temporarily and causes a lot of stress in the body. If it's endemic, if you listen to it all the time, your body never gets a chance to come back into balance. But unless there's some biofeedback uh, research or equipment to show people that, uh, the simplest way is just to have them pay attention to their breath. And if they're breathing quickly, and shallowly, that's an easy way to start saying, well, that is ipso facto the opposite of the definition of relaxation. Therefore, uh, it may be time to really understand and, and, and come into an awareness that there's also, and, and this is a, another key point here, is that there's an addictive response to hard rock music. Mm-hmm. 
And myself and John Diamond were, were two of the first people back in the mid-70s to talk about that. Uh, he wrote a book, Your Body Doesn't Lie, which is a, a, a seminal book in the field. And because he was an MD psychiatrist, obviously he carried a lot more weight in certain circles than I did just as a musician. But the point is that if you listen to that kind of music all the time, you will get addicted to it. And when people started in the early days saying they needed a fix of rock and roll using an addictive terminology, we thought they were kidding. We thought we were whatever. They're not. The body literally gets entrained and uh, so ingrained in that that to break that becomes an addictive uh, strategy. In the same way that commercials and advertisers on radio and TV typically seek to get the viewers into a uh, somewhat hypnotic state, the better to sell what they are advertising. So there's a lot of people in the business world who understand light hypnosis, light trance, and addictive responses. And that's why we're seeing so many popular songs now being used in advertising. So with, with, with these uh, young men or, or young women, having them feel the difference, having them slow down, for instance, and listening to uh, some music, perhaps I, I, I could demonstrate a little bit by, by playing this a little bit. I'll have to put the uh, handset of my telephone close to the speakers and... Uh, even if we take 20 seconds, we might be able to uh, hear and feel the difference. I would also add a caveat. If you are driving, do not participate in this situation. But if you are in a place where it's safe and where you can uh, sit and even close your eyes for a moment, uh, this would be a time there's nowhere else you need to go that you could take this music in for yourself. And as you're listening, notice how your breathing slows down. And as you listen to the electric piano, And the beauty of music like this is if you are present with it, the other things happen automatically. Well, hopefully through the phone lines and through the Internet, you got a little sense of, of what's happening with it. Pardon? Yes. Oh, that would be even better. Oh, great. Great. Thank you. Then, again, the same uh, context is that if you're not driving, if you're in a place where you can take this moment for yourself, then this is some of the, uh, one of the best things you can do for yourself is, is to give yourself a chance to unhinge from the constant go, 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 do, do, do aspect and just to be in the present moment in the now.
talked about the intention, and that right. has a strong effect on how it will help people. Right, and, and the music that we just heard, my intention as I started it was obviously to create a very safe and nurturing place, and the beauty of, of my work for me is that when I'm really in the moment, when I'm really doing my best recording, I get the blessings and the benefits myself, so as this piece of music continued, I got deeper deeper into the relaxation state. That is literally encoded and recorded onto the CD. So in addition to the music itself, you get an energy field experience that is part of the whole relaxation effect. Mm -hmm. Now, on the other hand, we were talking before, uh, and, and I flashed, that in 1985, when I was on book tour, I was on a call-in show in the studio, in uh, I think it was Studio KTAR, and a, a young guy called up and said, I love, you know, heavy metal music, and I, I really love going to concerts, but every time I listen to the music, I get a stomachache. Is there any relationship? And I said, you just answered your own question. <laughs> if you're listening to music, and it gives you a stomachache, and it hurts your stomach, duh, don't listen to it. And, you know, that's, it's very, very loud at concerts, but even in... Uh, at lower volumes, it will still be having an effect. Now, this is not to say that there isn't some good hard rock music. Of course there is, and I listen to some, but at certain times of day, and certainly not when I'm trying to relax. Trying to relax listening to that kind of music is like trying to go to sleep right after drinking three cups of coffee. Mm. Caffeine is contraindicated, not recommended. Uh, it's a stimulant, so you don't want to drink that before you're going to sleep. In the same way, listening to a stimulant music, caffeinated music, is not what you want if you're trying to relax. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all about balance. It's also all about listening to some things sometimes and making wiser choices at other times. And, and, and this is why so many people who uh, wanted to get into meditation to make conscious contact in their recovery programs uh, in the early days had nothing really to assist them. Many people have a hard time doing stuff in silence because their mind races. Music like mine uh, really is that transitional aspect. It's there, but it becomes transparent. It's not so busy that you pay attention to the music instead of to yourself, but it's not so boring that your mind starts uh, wandering because uh, it's the same note all over. And there are many people who uh, have a lot of uh, experience, a lot of benefit when they chant, whether they chant Om or any other mantra or recite a certain prayer. Uh, for myself, most of my, my life, I got bored just saying one word over and over. And so I wasn't uh, necessarily attracted to the brand name uh, meditative techniques like transcendental meditation, and they would chant one word. Yeah. But but I've divined, but but that works great for many people, and it's obviously uh, just, just I, I'd like to uh, uh, put it into a context. Like we are human radios and receivers, and some of us are tuned into one station and some to others. The important part is to find one station that really helps you get into that zone where you can really feel like you're most natural, where you really can feel that sense of peace. Uh, many people find that, of course, getting out of nature, by a lake, by uh, uh, or even out in nature, hiking uh, in the mountains outside of Phoenix, or wherever you are, even if it's in your backyard, 
taking the time to be, even if it's one minute or five minutes, can have a major positive impact on your uh, on your overall state of health and certainly uh, on on uh, working your re- recovery program. Yeah, that's perfect. We'll pick up on that after this break here. All righty. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh, uh, no! There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Ever seen a hornet, Shelly? No, ma'am. Well, you're five. What are you waiting for? They've built a nest outside your window. See? No. You will when you climb 15 feet up this ladder to get rid of them. Take this insecticide and broom. (laughs) And send those stinging meanies packing. What if I fall? I could get hurt. Oh, you know about gravity already. You're so smart. Go, 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 go. The hornets are waiting. You wouldn't treat your child like an adult, so why put them in adult seat belts? If they're under four foot nine, they need a booster seat. I can't see! Are they biting me? Oh, that's so cute. No, honey, hornets don't bite silly, they sting. For more information, go to boosterseat.gov. This message brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Department of Transportation. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor and sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor and sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back. We're with guest Stephen Helfern. And we wanted to come back and talk again about addiction and where that comes from and how um, sometimes people don't feel that they deserve good things and it's kind of a block for them to being able to to listen to music like this that will help them meditate um, and maybe be an introduction to just quieting down and taking some time for themselves. So I wondered if you could talk a little bit more about that, Stephen, how someone might start from there. 
Absolutely. And I'll, I'll again reference some of my own uh, process. I was a real good type A, go, go, go guy. And uh, I thought meditation, when I first was, was introduced to the concept, well, you know, you got to study for years and you got to really know what you're doing. And uh, some of my teachers said, no, you know, and if you don't have 20 minutes, start with 10. If you don't have 10, you come from New York, do it in a New York minute. Mm-hmm. And, and he said to me, if you can't find one minute in the 24 hours of a day, then you have so many more problems that you need to address in your life. So I said, okay, I could always find one minute. And I started doing that in the morning, and it started feeling good. And then naturally, it would uh, expand to two minutes or a couple more. But the key was just to make that appointment with myself, to sit down, to be on my, my little meditation cushion, and to start out taking three deep breaths, and just watching my breath. I mean, one of the simple techniques is breathing in and feeling it and holding that breath for, let's say, four seconds and then breathing out. So a cycle of four, four breaths in, or count, count to four, hold for four, breathe out for four, and hold the exhalation for four. There are so many different systems. I don't know that it really makes a difference whether you count for five or six or seven or eight or eight in and hold for four. Don't worry about that. Start off with four. Everybody can count to four, mm-hmm. and it's a nice, comfortable rhythm. And if you start getting into that deep breathing, one of the keys is the way our nervous system is based, uh, built and the way our bodies, our body, mind, and spirit has been biologically and genetically programmed is that automatically we activate an internal shift, and it can be as quick as two or three deep breaths that so many processes change in the body that the brain and the hormone system starts secreting neurotransmitters that are related to feel-good hormones that literally change your mood, and it happens within seconds that as we self-orchestrate, as we learn to do this by ourselves, then we fill uh, what, again, John Bradshaw uh, talks about as that hole in the soul. Mm. And if I always wanted to be able to control my own destiny, my own beast, uh, how I felt, I didn't like having to go to a doctor or to someone else to tell me how to do it. I want to be able to do it on my own. So I was always attracted. Okay, so if I could fill the hole in my soul by breathing deeply for one minute as a start, I want to check that out. Mm-hmm. And by golly, it worked. I mm-hmm. noticed a difference. And for many other people, if you start even with one minute, you will likely start addressing that deficiency that's the cause of many of the addictive responses uh, in the first place. And giving yourself knowing and accepting that you deserve to feel good, that you deserve to take that time for yourself, because as a caregiver or as anyone, whether it's a parent or someone dealing with uh, someone who's ill, you can't be an effective caregiver if you are wounded yourself. The whole aspect of the wounded healer, you need to take care of yourself so that you have something to give to someone else. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that outlook really changed how I uh, organized my day. And again, coming from New York, I if, if I can't take 20 minutes, I say, but I could take one minute. And I might take one minute in the morning, one minute uh, before lunch break, I take an afternoon break, I'll go outside, I'll sit under the tree. Even if it's for one minute, instead of smoking a cigarette, I go out and I breathe deeply for a minute or two. And I notice I feel lighter, I feel better. It's legal, it's non-addictive, there are no harmful side effects, it's non-fattening, it's energy renewable, it's all the good things. I mean, once I, once I learned that, and I've taught that in my workshops over the years, people say, but it's so simple. Well, right. Sometimes the best things in life are free, and they are really simple. And uh, once you learn to pay attention to the, what your body is telling you, then you've learned a priceless lesson. And just following that, your body will typically tell you, hey, two minutes would be a little bit better if it feels as good. And then maybe, gee, five minutes, what a, what a luxury. And at a certain point, you find it's not a luxury it's a necessity. Mm-hmm. You'll be addicted to it, and it will be healthy for you. But it's a healthy addiction. 
Mm-hmm. And that balance, five minutes of relaxation can balance out, uh, according to biofeedback uh, researchers, an hour of stress. Wow. Well, uh, that that made a big impression on me. And mm-hmm. when I had to rationalize taking five minutes of not doing anything, because <laughs> I could be so much more effective in the next hour. Absolutely. Yeah, you wow. wouldn't believe how many uh, CEOs, Olympic athletes, uh, so many famous people that we know all do that. They take that five minutes for themselves. And how many of them do not want to tell the public about that a, because some of them think, oh, people will, will think I'm weird if I meditate. Mm-hmm. And other people say, I don't want to tell my, my com- competition my <laughs> secret. Get and, the edge. Right. And, and, but they've told me, because I've met them at conferences, or I've, I've uh, been taking their works, so they come up to me and they say, we know your music, so we know we can tell you this, but don't tell anyone else, so I won't mention any names. Mm-hmm. But I have been amazed at how many people who we all know who that is their secret ingredient of what keeps them together and keeps them in balance. Mm-hmm. So I would just share that with our audience, and if it's good enough for these Olympic athletes and these film stars and these rock musicians, that they have learned to tune in and tap into that place of quiet, that place of inner peace. And that's one of the reasons why my company, uh, after dealing with uh, consultants and branding names, said people tell us, that your music helps them experience inner peace, why don't you just call your company Inner Peace Music? And mm. that's, that's that's how that name uh, arrived uh, at my company. And that's why it's www.innerpeacemusic.com. People can read some of the things that, that I've written there. I do a monthly newsletter. I have articles on relaxation and, and uh, healing and sound healing and recovery. And also you can listen to samples of the music and you'll get a chance to feel what it feels like. Fabulous. So uh, I hear the music, which means that we may be coming to the end. I, uh, if we have one more section, uh, we'll, I'll stay here. And if not, it's been a great uh, opportunity speaking with you and uh, our audience. It's been great having you. Appreciate you joining us today for one hour at a time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week.